What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What's happening, Kyle? How are you doing? Doing so well. I love spring when the wind isn't blowing. And, well, and the when wind it's not is too cold here, and it sounds like I'm about to be sucked out of the uh, <laughs> little shed out here. And uh, but right now, I am in Orlando. You might not realize that because I'm recording <laughs> two weeks before. Uh, but when this goes live, we will be in the heart of Florida. And uh, and ju- just a little sidebar: our friends over at the Potluck Podcast. Of course, I'm part of that, so I'm friends with myself. That's awkward. I didn't think through that sentence, but. We had an episode talking about uh, mask, uh, funerals, and gators, particularly eating them. Of course, my only contribution really there was that I wanted a gator skin baseball glove, and I plan on making one. Have you never uh, eaten gator? Have, have you never, you've never eaten gator? You've oh, yeah, had I've gator? had it. I've had oh, okay. it, but I can't okay. really get that here. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, so I really just want a gator uh, baseball glove. Uh, but a conversation ensued in a group that we're in about whether Florida really counts as the South. And I I just want your take. Of course, we're in New Mexico, so we don't really have a say in this, but we're from Texas and I'm really from California, so I definitely don't have a say in this. But what's your take? Is Florida a Southern state? So um, if we're talking kind of traditional Southern uh, culture. I think the panhandle of Florida would, would claim that your, your Tallahassee, uh, area. Um, I mean, so I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't know if Floridians would consider themselves Southerners or not. Uh, Florida is kind of like Texas in that it, it, it operates almost like its own country. You have, you know, very different regions. So like Texas, Houston is very different from, uh, Lubbock, which is very different from El Paso, which is very different from East Texas, right? So you have like these regions, uh, and I, th- I think Florida is kind of the same way. Um, just just from what I've experienced, I think the Panhandle would be more Southern culture. Uh, if you're thinking, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, that, that when you get down into Central Florida and then uh, Miami, it w- would kind of be its own its own animal as well. So, well, and I think I, I, I would question. actually, I wanted to contribute to that argument. And so <laughs> I was starting to Google and they, they talked about historically Florida was far more Southern in, in the culture sense uh, up until uh, the world wars and people were coming back and the demographics began to change and the culture began to change. And uh, now it is most seen as you talked about with Tallahassee and the panhandle and some of that kind of stuff where you can look at a map of waffle houses and it is just basically completely <laughs> yellow on the top of the state. And then down below, it's just kind of speckled a little bit here and there. Uh, and so that's a good indication of what it is. But I love the comment that said, bro, there are more mullets in Florida 
than South Carolina. So we are Southern. And I, that cracks that's me funny. up, man. Uh, that's but, great. But anyway, that's well, you know, Florida Florida is known for Florida man, right? For for things that happen in Florida that, that you just don't really see anywhere else. Yeah. And uh, so that, some of those are definitely what we would consider Southern um, <laughs> instances. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. from now, I would say from the from the SBC standpoint, I do believe Florida is considered part of the uh, Old South um, when it comes to state conventions and such. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I am enjoying, I'm speaking this out of faith. I'm enjoying our time in Florida. Hopefully I don't have any involvement with Florida man. Uh, but I am glad to be gone. Uh, it, I, I love Mayhill. I love Mayhill Baptist church. I love what I do. Uh, but this is our first chance to be able to get away and we wanted to do that so bad, we went to the polar opposite of the country. In the past, we would go to California, which is only about a 14-hour drive, go to Disneyland. That's still not open, though I love the fact that they are, quote, unquote, opening on April 1st. Yeah, right. That's not happening. That's an April Fool's joke. California uh, but, residents only. So, yeah, yeah. So, so we could not do it California anyway. natives. Okay. Not not that doesn't even count. You you have to be a California resident. Yeah, but, but over in Florida, they've been wide open, man. <laughs> so so it's open. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the the parks are at a certain cap, and so I might love it because there's not going to be a whole lot of people there. Uh, but the lines will le- be looking long because there's like the six foot uh, social distance thing. Uh, but I, I'm enjoying, I'm looking forward to the chance to get away because. And, and I'm excited. I'm excited to pick your brain because you're going about three weeks before we are. And so I'm, I'm, I'm planning to, you know, pick your brain about all the COVID restrictions and, and, uh, and all that. So I'm, I'm very I'm just excited. excited to wear a mask all day long. <laughs> At least you're, you're driving. So you don't have to wear it all the way there. We're, we're flying. So we, we have to wear masks from, from the time we get into the uh, El Paso airport until the time we set foot in our hotel that night dude that's so. when you get like the biggest meal you can possibly take onto the plane and just be eating the entire time just one bite at a time no uh so yes there is a mask the entire time i am glad to be getting away we have recently had some interesting days in the mountains and uh, you are well aware of them and we've kind of joked before about the altitude maybe causing me to have a little more craziness than you and some of our brothers elsewhere We recently had a visitor show up uh, that claims to have been visited by uh, God or by Jesus and has the exact date when Jesus is returning. And those that do not profess what she is sharing are not saved. Thus, the apostles, they're lost. The early church fathers, they're lost. Everybody until her, lost. And uh, wants to teach that at the church. Uh, Pastor Matt uh, does not uh, uh, share those same things. uh, uh, doctrinal convictions, and so is not able to teach here. Uh, so let's let's make have, that clear as as a nominee for the pastors' conference. You reject yeah. that heresy. <laughs> I do reject that heresy very firmly, and uh, it made that very clear. Ultimately, they had to leave and so forth. It was not a fun day. I had several curses uh, be called down on me. I was not going to wake up the next day, but I'm recording this a few days removed and I'm still alive. I don't have any boils anywhere or any of that kind of stuff. So I believe I am safe, but it was an interesting day, but also a call to, we have to shepherd our flock. And that includes sometimes driving away wolves. And, but with that, there was some recent, uh, I guess you could call, well, really about a year now, 
some recent research coming out of Lifeway uh, pastors now, uh, Lifeway Research, that the vast majority of pastors see signs of end times in current events. And uh, and so a, a f- just a fun little talk about the end times as we approach Easter and so forth. We know that one day is Jesus is going to come back. We look forward to that day. We would long for that to be maybe after uh, I get back from Disney. I don't want to be in the middle of you know, like Space Mountain or something when that happens, that would be kind of awkward. But one day he is coming back. And there's a few stats that I thought we could kind of look at. And one of those being uh, something we have experienced at Mayhill recently this past week was the rise of false prophets and false teachings. 83% believe that is one of the birth pains that Jesus was referring to when he was asked by his disciples when he would return. Uh, We see that. Uh, We only have to look at TBN to see a rise of false prophets and false teachings. We only have to look at certain sections of Barnes & Noble Christian literature to know there is a rise of false prophets and false teachings. We only have to look at They Devoted Themselves, a book authored by none other than Kyle Bierman, to know that there is, I'm just kidding, I love you, Kyle, but you can pick up They Devoted Themselves at Amazon.com. It is not false teaching. Uh, But then they also see, uh, that many believers are growing cold. And maybe that is being exasperated. I can't say that word, exacerbated uh, by COVID-19 and so forth, not being able to gather. Uh, we also see traditional morals becoming less accepted. Wars and national conflicts, uh, that's 78%. Earthquakes, natural disasters, 76%. Uh, people abandoning their Christian faith. We've seen some of that even recently in the news. Uh, with one of John Piper's sons, Abraham Piper. Uh, We've seen famines, anti-Semitism towards Jewish people, that's 63%, but then 11% say none of these. And uh, so what are your thoughts, uh, Dr. Bierman? Do you get the Alamogordo Daily News and say, yes, Jesus is coming soon? How how do you kind of frame the end times? So as I've told my church before, this is not something I've really spent... well, I'll say this outside of reading the left behind series when I was in high school and college, <laughs> um, I, I've not, I've not just spent a lot of time focusing on end times. Um, I, as, as I'll joke with my church, my official, uh, end time, uh, position is that, uh, Jesus is coming back and we're one day closer than we were yesterday. That, that's, that's my official position. So I, 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 when we start talking signs of the times, I, I get a little nervous about that because I think so many people are just so um, focused on the end times and, oh, we need to be ready. And, and my response to that is, uh, I agree, we need to be ready. But I think the way that we make ourselves ready is to make sure that we're following Jesus and that we're making disciples. Like that's that, I mean, Jesus's last words literally were, were not, um, you know, sit and wait for, for me to, to come back. His, his last words were, um, you know, go and make disciples. Um, you know, you will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit will come in and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He, he gave us a task to do, not just to sit back and, and watch and, and look for these kind of things and say, oh, things are getting really bad. And, and I, think, uh, I think Jesus is coming back anytime. He could. He could. Uh, but I would, I would much rather be about the work of, you know, um, making disciples. And, and I have another thought that we'll get to in just a second, but go, go ahead. 
Yeah, I was just going to say what what's wonderful about the Great Commission and really about our call with the gospel and being a people who are longing for the return of Jesus is whether somebody is a dispy or pre-mill or post-mill or a-mill or pan-mill or any of those mills, we still have the same job to do. And so if it's pre-mill or whatever, we continue to make disciples knowing that at any moment he's going to come back and blank, 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 blank. And, and we have lost nothing other than more people going to glory. Then so we're, we're faithful to share the gospel. Then if it's post-mill, we know that all this X number of things that they believe is going to happen. What's part of that, that job, making disciples, you know, if it's a mill, you know, making disciples, all of it really comes back down to making disciples. And so sitting back on our, on our chair and watching Fox or CNN or rapture ready news or rapture news or whatever it is. And looking at like, I think there's even a rapture index and it monitors X number of things that each of these signs or whatever. And as they are increasing or decreasing each day is giving a likelihood of Jesus coming back a number, some kind of percentage that it could be today or whatever. And so you look at it like, that's not helpful. That's not getting anybody into the kingdom. And so instead of just watching the news or watching the newspaper, or whatever, we know that Jesus is coming back. We know that he wins. We don't know when that is going to be, unless you're that one person that was visited by Jesus and told the exact date and won't tell you unless you go to a Bible study. But anyway, whatever it might be, we know that he's coming back and we have a very specific job. And it's not just to sit there and watch Fox News or CNN or Rapture Ready News or whatever. It's to go out and make disciples. And uh, and so I love that when you look at some of the stats and whatever, 97% agree that Jesus Christ is going to literally and personally return, right? 2% disagree, 1% aren't sure. And, uh, and another fascinating one is 56% say that they expect Jesus to return in my lifetime. And I'm not sure that you could go back 50 years and then another 50 years and then another 50 years and whatever it is that everybody is facing at any general time would say the exact same thing. I would be surprised if there's a way to look back 50 years ago with the wars and some of the things going on. Probably there's a significant percentage that says, yes, it's happening in my lifetime. Well, now they're gone. And now if they could come back to earth and say, hey, what, what should we be doing right now? It's not worrying about whether he's coming today. It's get out and make disciples yeah. and uh, because they've now experienced it. So, you know, we, we know what our job is to do. But it is encouraging to say that almost 100 percent are saying that he is coming back. Over half are saying it's coming back in my lifetime. 24 percent say not sure. 20 say it's not happening in their lifetime. You know, who knows? We don't know. We don't have to know. It, in a sense, doesn't matter. What does matter is that we make disciples. Kyle, yeah. you had another and, thought? And, and I, uh, so, you know, one of the things that the, the number one thing that was mentioned here is the rise of false prophets and false teachings. Um, I, and I'm, I'm not sure there's any way we can know this, but I, when I look at that, my question is simply this. Do, do we have more false prophets and false teachings now, or do we just have the technology that these folks are platformed more than they ever have been? You know, I mean, folks have had weird beliefs for the last 2000 years, right? The, the difference now is uh, everyone can have a Twitter account and start putting that out there. And, and as we've learned over the last couple of years, uh, now anyone can be published uh, for anything through, <laughs> through Amazon. <laughs> and uh, so, you, you know, the, I, I think maybe there's no, 
I wouldn't say there's a there's more false prophets, false teachings. I just think there are more ways for them to disseminate that informa- information, uh, and and in you know more professional publications than you know xeroxing their. Uh, their 400 page book or whatever, and then handing it to you or sending it in the mail. (laughs) When I was thinking about it in terms of, you know, the, the signs can, can be helpful. Uh, Certainly as you know, scripture, you know what the signs are, they can be helpful. Similarly to when somebody passes away that is my age, it reminds me that that the clock is ticking, Uh, Mm -hmm. whether that's the end of my life or the end of the world as, as we know it. And I feel fine. Uh, but, but, uh, whether it is our mortality or knowing that the clock is ticking for the world itself, that should give us a gospel urgency to, as we go, where we go to be about the father's business. And, and I don't want to, to be caught, you know, breathing my last wasting time on a video game or something else. I want to be you know, breathing my last when I'm in the middle of serving Jesus faithfully, whether it is sharing the gospel, the middle of the sermon or whatever it might be. I don't want to be caught up in the air or however that's going to work, uh, watching CNN or Fox News and wondering if the end is coming. I want to be caught up in the air, however that's going to work, being in the middle of sharing the good news. And, uh, and I think that should be the driving theme of all of us. But as we see some of those statistics about the rise of false prophets, false teaching, and of course, far more accessible now than maybe it was before, that that should also drive us to be faithful to prepare our people to be able to spot it. And so teaching the doctrine that we profess, teaching what God's word says, and and one way we do that, I believe, faithfully, is through text-driven or expository preaching, where you make your way through scripture, where we know what God's word says. And so we won't be swayed by something that maybe looks like it and maybe smells like it, but it's just slightly different. But no, we can spot that a mile away because we know what God's word says. Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I was, I was just thinking about a, a song that was kind of popular when we were in high school by Crystal Lewis called People Get Ready, Jesus Is Coming. And, and you know, you're exactly right. The, the way that we get ready is is to make disciples, uh, to be, you know, as, as Jesus shared in the, in the parable of the, of the 10 virgins, you know, you are ready, re- re- be ready to go when, when the bridegroom calls and uh, whether that's tomorrow or 10 years from now, or a thousand years from now, the, the mandate to make disciples doesn't change. That's what we've been tasked with doing. And, uh, so, you know, that's what, that's what I told people all the time. I said, you know, I, I have no control over when Christ comes back, but I have control over what I'm doing in the meantime. And, uh, and that's, that's our call. That's what we're to be about. Yep. And a reminder to check out the B.H. Carroll Pulpit, a collection of 40 sermons and addresses from the founding president of the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. It's about a 300-page volume of reprinting and reprints of sermons and in different addresses that he's given. Uh, some of it was found in Baptists and their doctrines and another evangelistic sermons, as well as some messages of his from uh, his time as First Baptist Church of Waco's pastor, and of course, as president of Southwestern Seminary. And one of the neat things about the volume is you really see his heart for doctrine and his heart for evangelism. 
And now, of course, we're, we're past the founders celebration, but years and decades have gone by and Southwestern is still beating with that heart that he really set for it years ago uh, with a desire to promote true doctrine and also a passion for lost souls. And, you know, friend of the pod, Matt Queen, the chair of fire himself is one that does that. And in uh, many others, you know, whether they're a systematic theologian or an Old Testament theologian, these guys are not only teaching whatever it is that they're teaching in the classroom. They're also spreading the gospel as they go, where they go. And that's an encouragement that I think you can see really being developed in this B.H. Carroll pulpit. That was a heart behind Southwestern Seminary, and it's continuing to be today because of Dr. Greenway and the faculty that he has. And so if you want a copy of that book, you can visit seminaryhillpress.com, where you can also get Baptist in the Bible, Doctrine of the Bible, Everyday Evangelism, many other uh, books that they have, and even some tracks uh, to help you share the gospel. But Kyle, send us out. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?